Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time, our heroes initiated the invasion plan and attacked Zul'Garub. Against all odds, it seems like it's working. Job and the Gurubashi resistance have things in the northern end of the city locked down, Omi is doing her best Jaina on a flying ship impression, and the ogres have the party's back while the orcs from Gromgal have successfully pincered the Gurubashi in the entrance tunnel against the Venture Company goblins. We turn to the fight now in progress at the base of the Ziggurat as we queue in to some more heroic dungeons and dragons. All right. He is going to... I think he's going to stay up. He stays up on the rock. He backs up a little bit. The Blood Witch, on her turn, she can do basically crap all. Um, I'm going to take her reaction marker off because she has her reaction back. Oh, but you used yours, so I'm going to put a reaction marker on you so I remember. And she's restrained, which means she can't really go anywhere. She can do attacks, but her attacks are going to be a disadvantage. And she's blinded. And she's blinded. Right, that's why her attack... Well, that's one of the reasons why her attacks are a disadvantage. Problem with being blinded is that a lot of spells require that you see your target. If they say in the spell description a target that you can see within range, that spell cannot be used. Just can't be used. What's funny is that a lot of these spells require sight. Can think of a few cantrips that don't. Yeah, um, but the ones I, I, I essentially have to do a big uh, what is normally kind of a foolish move. Uh, I'm going to be casting some ranged spells in melee because I have little option otherwise. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't do very much. What's going to happen next is um, you see. Surrounded by the cold, her feet uh, frozen to the bridge that has been slicked with some of the water as it, you know, because it's a bridge over, it's not a a high bridge, really, uh, over water. Is it a bridge over running water? Yeah. Um, You are going to see that, and, and her feet are frozen to it, so she can't go anywhere. She's still, like, covering her eyes with one hand, trying to rub the spots out of it. With her other hand, she just does like a swipe left to right. And as she goes, a bright red flame on one finger and then on another finger and then on another finger. She's going to fire a scorching ray, which I will. Put Why is this here. troll got all this fire stuff going on? Uh, she's a creepy monster. Um, Scorching Ray is three rays of fire at targets within range. The first attack roll would have been against Butch. At disadvantage, it was a 13. The next one is going to be against uh, Ari. 
Okay, the second one against Ari, that was a 12. So you see a gout of flame fly, but Butch is like, nope, and sidesteps. Another one straight toward Ari who ducks. Bam! It hits a troll like in the distance who's not happy about having been struck by fire. And the third one against Falcus, a 17, would that hit? Uh, 17 does hit. Okay, so you're going to suffer eight fire damage. All of the bonus actions that I have either require that I can see the target or that I have like certain effects up that I can't put up because I can't see my targets. So unfortunately, that's going to be the end of her turn. Um, the blindness ends at the end of Butch's turn, I think. When does the restraining end? Uh, it's on my turn, so I thought I put it in here. There it is. It's up there. Restraining till the end of my next turn. Okay, perfect. Uh, Ari, you're up. If I were to get up here, would I be able to see Arcot? I know he's kind of back, but is he tall enough that you can still see him? Yeah, you can still see him. Given the height difference and the fact that he moved back a little bit, I would say that he has half cover. So his armor class would go up by two if you were to try to use an attack against him or anything like that. But otherwise, yes, you can get you can get to him. Perfect. I want to go here, but I want him to make a wisdom saving throw of 17 for me. All right. Uh, wisdom save coming in hot. Uh, is a six good? A six is not going to be good. So I'm going to cast improved vicious mockery. So I'm going to turn to him and say, I could have been your dream come true if you'd only given me a chance. Instead, I'll be your worst nightmare pulling you into a deadly trance. And he has disadvantage on his next attack saves or his next attack. And he's going to take 2d6 of psychic damage, which is eight. Um, well, the your you first one a, rolled. Yeah, you rolled it already, oh. and it was ten. I did. We're going to take the, the ten. I just hit a bunch of buttons and didn't realize it. I'm going to keep the ten. All right, no worries. Uh, so that's your action. Did you want to take a bonus action? For a bonus action, I'm still within range of focus, and I've seen him get hit a bunch that I feel it's necessary to cast a second level healing word on him. Okay. I love you. So I'm going to go ahead and roll that. So it's going to be 2d4 plus 5, 10 healing. Yeah, that's pretty good. Much appreciated. And then just so I can kind of be out of our cat's way a little bit, I'm kind of going like behind the rock here. So if he has to come down at me, it's going to be an awkward angle. All right. Round two. You get your reaction back, Butch. You're still raging. You are still restrained. You, when you make your weapon attack rolls, you have disadvantage from the restrained, but you have advantage from the creature being blinded and restrained. So it would be a flat roll for you. Uh, you can't go anywhere, but you do have your full action and bonus action. What are you looking to do? I was going to uh, use my cantrip. Uh, that I get with the uh, new uh, chest plate, but no longer would. Wait a minute, let me. So I I was just thinking, and I had already decided this, but now that I'm saying it out loud, if I were to use thunderclap, that's a Constitution saving throw, right? But 
I'm not trying to hit. Now, would... So, I'm not attacking at disadvantage, but are they... Are they rolling? No. Do they have... What? Being restrained or blinded doesn't have any effect on your con save. Now, the other thing, too, is Thunderclap is a great damage cantrip to use if you are surrounded or if you have, like, multiple enemies near you. Yeah. It doesn't do so well single target. And, like I said, your your weapon attacks would be normal. You know, they would not be advantage or disadvantage. You're right. Um, so the weapon attack is 2d6 plus 4, and the, the cantrip is 2d6. So um, I am going to take the Radiant Maul, and man, I'm so angry. It, 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 like, there's tears coming out of my eyes. I'm so angry, right? I And I can hear from 100 feet behind me or so my buddies well off and dragging them and the biclops all uh, fighting trolls behind us and uh, I raise the radiant mall right in the air 24 yeah 24 hits for 10 bludgeoning you know you can roll other damage amounts than 10 right is that oh what you I just keep, keep rolling it's just funny you just keep rolling 10 damage you rolled 10 damage last time I think didn't you I don't know Let's see. I rolled a two and a four plus four. Yeah. But I'm not going to take the time to look. But um, I'm going to Radiant Maul this thing again. Ooh, 14's not going to hit, is it? No, 14, it comes close, but it bangs off of her uh, her mage armor. It doesn't quite get through. Okay. I know that Falcus's thing goes away after Falcus after Falcus's turn so the Blood Witch will no longer be CC'd after that because of that I'm going to I'll use Quaking Palm um, once and okay. con save of 14 uh, 21 definitely was able to do that and so that's that's it that's my turn yeah, you're, you go in with two fingers to try to get that pressure point and the ice that is coating, it's starting to melt, but it's still there and you're not actually able to get that soft tissue. It just bangs off of the, the icy outer exterior. Uh, Falcus, at the start of your turn, the restraining effect is still in play. It's not until the end of your turn, right? End of my turn. All right, go for it. All right, so first things first, I am going to move myself within 30 feet. I'm just right on that shoreline there between the water, the running waters and the shore. So I'd say I'm in the shallows. And because I'm in within 30 feet, I'm going to use my bonus action to life grip Butch to just behind me. So Butch, I want you to move your token. You're going to come right over here to behind me. I got it. Because as far as I was looking, it's restrained. You're probably still restrained until the end of my turn, so the ice comes with you. Uh, but you're able... I couldn't see anywhere in the... If it was a homemade object um, that restrained didn't allow me to do that. No, it, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, restrained means that Butch has a zero movement speed. But forced movement is still good, forced movement. Why would you force move me? 
So, I was just getting you out of harm's way. I'm not... I'm feeling great. You're welcome to yell at me later. Okay. Oh, okay. What in the hell are you doing? What did you want? I, I, I can't run up there again. But you feel the magical tether attached to you and yank, uh, yank you off the bridge. And the ice that was holding your feet to the stone snaps under the force of the magical pull. And you go flying across the map and land no sweat right next to Falcus, who's like, I just saved you. And you're like, from what? I was I was beating her with a hammer. I was I was doing all the damage. All I right. fine. Well, I took it as an opportunity just because of I wanted to bring keep you into safety. You were concerned about your safety before you were you were like, I don't know if I want to run in there or not. I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm putting myself in harm's way. And then you're like slapping your cheeks. It. And then you ran in there, and I was like, "Well, I'll pull him out as soon as he takes a couple Damn swings." You, yeah, but you, you can you can be mad at me later. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> Why? Okay. We need our we need our, our health for further on yet too. So um, that was just a bonus action to that. So I did a movement. I did a bonus action, and I am going to um, let's unleash another cataclysm arrow. I get the plus one, and I'll take the minus five as well. So let's do this. That is a 15. On a 15. Oh, I get a uh, advantage still. Advantage, yes, correct. All right, I think I'll take, I'm not going to use, I think it's once per turn. No, it's many times L and accuracy just is in effect all the time. Oh, that's right. Okay, so... One quick second. Perfect. All right. So let's re-roll just to see if I get that 20. I don't. So for this roll, with a Cataclysm Arrow is going to be a 23. Yeah, that hits. It's going to be 10 piercing damage. And because I have advantage on the roll, I do get my 5 sneak attack. Plus another 10 because I did take the minus 5 for um, Sharpshooter. And it was a Cataclysm Arrow. There's a reason I didn't have that right off the top of my head, but there's a reason for pulling you out of there because I'm going to go slash roll 1d6 for a cataclysm arrow is a magical one, which in fact is one of the AOE ones. It is um, on a 1 to a 2, the arrow explodes in a blast of fire, fire damage, uh, dealing 3d8 fire damage to the target and each creature within 5 feet. Okay, slash roll 3d8. You say you're doing all the freaking damage. <clears throat> uh, that's going to be 12 fire damage. Fire to a troll. erupts in flame. She, her wooden mask, which was super intimidating, is all the way on fire. It is peeling and, and f- flames on the side of my face. Flames? Please describe. From the side of my face? Please describe the destruction, the utter annihilation of the Blood Witch on turn on round two. <laughs> um, all right. So this is one of those things where like, okay, um, I see what's happening up there. I The whole thing is I life grip and pull Butch out. I have Butch yelling at me behind me and like starting to like, like shake me a bit. And I just kind of shake him off just enough to get my another... You know, I just kind of look at the cataclysm arrow, give it a little kiss, put it, knock it in my bow, take a 
sharp inhale and release it because I know at this point I am putting everything I have, which is the sharpshooter into there and, and every bit of my elven ancestry and hoping and praying to the cataclysm arrow gods that it gives me something amazing. And it does. It does with fire damage because it is a troll and the troll needs fire damage to die. And at that moment, it's just like I collapse to my knees as I watch her just explode in a ball of fire. And as as Casey already uh, um, kind of described, the mass just disintegrating into and of course, the I'll, I'll, I'll go the way of the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark melting, just burning <laughs> and collapsing into a pile of ash. So that's your first attack. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I don't feel like this went Casey's way. I think that the Blood Witch had some cool stuff and we just so- like... <laughs> She did. It was not tactically correct to put a mage just as a frontliner. However, I was actually afraid that she was going to do so much damage that, like, she needed to die in the first few rounds because if she didn't, she would just roast you. But when you're blind, you can't cast Hex. You can't cast Levitate because Levitate requires a target you can see. So you can't even cast it on yourself as far as I'm aware. You also can't really Levitate up into the sky and get away from anybody if you are uh, restrained. Um, So really, even if she had started the fight 20 feet in the air, she would have been, I think, at 20 hit points right now. No, less than that because you did 12. she'd She'd be at like 15 hit points right now. So it would be the same situation. Um, but you can't be levitating and concentrating on levitation and also concentrate on something like hex or concentrate on any of the other spells that I had. So it's just, it was just not, it was, it was just not her day and that's fine. You do not currently have eyes on Arcot because you're standing at the base of that, that escarpment right there. Um, you, that was also the plan was to get out of his line of sight so I can at least have some cover. Yeah, you. I would say given the angle on that, you have full cover at the moment. Um, Butch, I would say probably three quarters cover because he's behind a shallower section of the escarpment and like further back. But as it stands now, you have an, you have another attack. If you, I think you still have some movement. So you can move to get to a place where you could fire at Arcot if that was, if that was what the, the plan was. Uh, the hope is because this person was, in fact, the one that we knew was controlling Arcot. Um, mm, this was no. Halasu. No. No? no that's not Halasu. That's the Blood Witch. Okay, that's the Blood Witch. Got it. All right. Um, Halasu was another vampire who you would probably not expect to see out on a sunny day. Probably not. Okay. Um, so in that case, so uh, Arcot is, is still in play. So from here, uh, that was 5, t- five 10, so let's go 15, and well, actually, no, I can put myself within range, uh, visual, if I step back a bit. Actually, yeah, let's do that. Let's go let's do my 10 feet back, so if he was able to shoot me from here, I'll be able to shoot him again from here. Yeah, you can see him from here. Let's do yeah, I'll, 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 take, a, I'll take a shot at him and see if it hits. 
So okay. that's going to be... I'm not going to take the minus five. It is a 14. No, 14 would miss. Okay. And we'll leave it at that. As you fire that shot, just for a moment, the brand that is on you starts to feel weird, but nothing happens. You get the sense that maybe if you had hit him, there may have been some interaction there. But as it stands now, you're you're fine. Sounds good. On his turn, he's going to step forward just a little bit. He is going to see that you are really like doing so much to nuke everybody down like that. He is going to use a bonus action to invoke a blood maledict. He's going to do Curse of the Marked. Um, he is going to mark you. He's going to amplify the curse. I'm going to link it so everybody can see it. He's going to amplify it, so he's going to roll a two. Okay, so he takes two damage. Hemocraft he puts... dice. Like blood dice? Oh, yeah. Look into the Blood Hunter class. It's it's gnarly. There's some. There's a lot of, like, you get bonuses, but you hurt yourself kind of stuff. Yo, hemocraft is a really good word. Yeah, I didn't make it up. Yeah, um, but it's a good word. Yeah, it's a great word. Instead uh, of saying blood magic, yeah. Um, Sorry. No, that's fine. He amplifies the curse, which makes the next attack roll on the target have advantage. He has disadvantage because of Ari's thingy-do, so it's going to be a straight roll. He's going to attack Falcus. And if he hits, he's going to deal all his normal damage plus an extra Hemocraft dice worth of cold. So he's going to do two of those. Longbow on Falcus. I'm going to cast Cutting Words. Go for it. Um, so I'm going to do my improved Cutting Words. So it's going to be a D8. Um, that's not what I wanted, but it's fine. I'll just roll a D8. Awesome. Yep. From your uh, from your book of insults, right? Yes. So subtract six. Okay. That would put you at... Oh my god, what is 22 minus 6? 16? 16. Yeah, it's a 16. It meets my armor class. <sighs> if I would have had the other armor, I could have been at a 17, but somebody didn't buy it when they could have. Me. I didn't buy oh. it when I could have. <laughs> it's like, who are you trying oh, to Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Are you subtweeting? Well, that's, that was the whole thing Yourself? before. Yes, I'm subtweeting myself. I ratioed myself. Yeah, there was a... Um, it, it, it had occurred to me at one point that you're wearing... Falcus is wearing leather armor. Um, studded leather armor is one armor class better than that and has like just a gold cost. Like you just have to get it. Uh, I think Ari's wearing studded leather, actually. Right. We yep. we found some and that was that big argument of like, OK, well, who's going to get the most benefit out of it? And I think Ari got plus two. I was only going to get plus one. So we gave it to Ari. Yeah, that, um, that makes sense. And that's why I never went for it again, because to me it was just it was going to cost money, and I didn't realize how much that it wasn't going to be costing that much. But still, it was just something I just cheap. never... Yeah. Yeah, well. Oh, well. No, oh, well. Either which way, I guess it, in this kind of situation here, yes, a plus one would have been great. Well... I'll learn. <laughs> eventually. Um. Okay, so base damage, 10 piercing damage from the shot. The special effect from the longbow would not apply in this circumstance. 
However, there are going to be two dice of the cold damage because of the whatever you call it. So Bonus says, until the end of his turn, whenever he deals right damage to the target, it's an additional. Okay, yeah. So it's going to be, holy cats, a whole two cold damage from that shot. Um, wow. He, he, he attacks one more time. You already used your reaction for cutting words. Mark that. Uh, he deal. It's a twenty-one to hit. He deals eleven piercing and nine cold. I'm hurting. As he's standing up at the top of this cliff, looking down at you guys and firing arrows and doing all this stuff, he has this this glowing red effect in his eyes that is very similar to what you've seen in Iwari and Mm -hmm. actually not all that different from what you saw in the uh, bat totems truthfully well we were able to save Iwari it's true yeah we gotta get we gotta get to uh, she's now fighting at the front lines at the front gate we gotta get to the other uh, vampire to release uh, Arcot Uh, that's that's one way to do it um, Ari, at the beginning of your turn, you do get your reaction back. Behind you, the combat is still raging with all the trolls and the, the, the ogres and whatnot. Uh, Butch is wildly out of position for any kind of melee combat against this target who's up on this hill. Falcus, you can turn and see down on the beach, is bleeding profusely. Like, he's in bad shape. What would you like to do? Okay, we already we obviously have like some information with a worry. Did we feel it was a curse, or did we feel it was something more that had her tied to the vampire? Um, roll an investigation check. This will be you trying to piece together various things that you've seen, trying to understand the nature of, of all this stuff. Uh, either, actually, it's uh, it would be investigation or arcana, whichever you would prefer. I rolled a 19 on investigation, so I'm going to stick with that one. Uh, on a 19, you do know that curses have been playing heavily into um, a lot of what's been happening in Stranglethorn. Um, you know that uh, the trolls have been taking great advantage of curses, you know, the the effect that's happening with Jindo and the blood rituals could all be curse-based. Like, all of this could be curse-based, as far as you're aware. Could I get up to Arcat from where I'm at right now? Um, yeah, I would say so. Okay. So here's the thing. My wand regenerates at the end of the day if I don't roll a one. I think it's worth it to see if it's a curse and remove it from him. So that's what Ari's going to do. Just with the information she has, she's going to get right up next to him. And she is going to touch him. And all curses affecting this creature end. Okay. Do you have to do a roll for that or anything of that nature? Nope. It just says, at your touch, all curses affecting one creature or one object end. Per the wand wording. Okay. Can't be that easy. Uh, well, it's um, per per the wording of, of the, the spell. Remove curse, yeah. Curse. Okay. okay. It's a real spell. Did okay. not know that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's a real, that's a real spell. Uh, I'm rereading the notes that I made about this. Okay. Okay. Um, you climb up as he's firing down on Falcus 
he looks down at you just in time to see you reach out and touch and the power from the wand glows and you see the magic move through the wand across you down your fingertips and into Arcot. and the first thing that you see is that the bow itself which was like a um a black coloring with metal plates on the front that were you know that's like this big bulky very world of warcrafty looking like highly technical probably very impractical weapon um it had these designs on it these swirling red markings like a you know like a tribal tattoo kind of thing they fade the curse effect that was on this bow that you guys presumed was probably uh, this that had been a cursed weapon when he picked it up originally fades. And as that happens, vampires are interesting. They can charm people. They can control people. They can put their will on people. And if it happens to be the case that you are by nature of who you are or by nature of your training or by nature of the things that you do associated closely in some way with the power of blood, that influence can be very powerful. And you get the sense that Arcot's connection to blood magic as a blood hunter and the curse effect on this bow and the ability that a vampire has natively to charm targets. We're all working together against Arcot. And as you feel that connection start to wither, you see a look on his face of like forceful, like the muscles in his face contort and 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 start to um not contort, but like almost as if he's straining to lift something heavy, like that's the look on his face. Uh it's not supposed to work this way, but I think it's really cool, and I always had the idea in mind that because the bow was cursed and because he was a blood hunter, it made the vampire charm really, really easy to land. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll a wisdom save for him. Oh, come on, Arcot, snap out of it. He rolled an eight. On an eight, he's not snapped out of it. However, he's fighting with himself internally. I will say that he's going to have a real hard time this upcoming round. He's still your enemy, but it's a, he's struggling to maintain. Okay, I'm going to roll the d20 just to see if maybe I get one of the things back for this wand. Sure. It did not, but I don't lose it for another day. Yep, it'll just be good again tomorrow. Well, no, it'll be good again today at sundown, I think yes. is when I marked it. What I'm going to do then is I am going to just work in form. Okay. But I'm going to stay here. And that'll be my turn. Does work in form act like rage? Does she have attack something? No, no, no. Nothing like that. Nope. I just turned to work in, but just to give me the bump on armor class. Just Aww, in case. puppy. Okay, Butch. It is your turn. You are still raging. Behind you. Falkus is having a bad day. Uh, up the hill, 
Ari and Arcot are in melee on each other. Which is not really great for a ranged character, but we'll see how that goes. What would you like to do? Like, there's nothing I can do for Falthus. Just go. Can I (laughs) use an action for a tourniquet or something? If you look at me, I'm just going to say, just go. Just go. Don't worry about me. Actually, if you have any health potions, you could use your action to feed him a health potion. I don't. All right. I I don't know how we didn't think about health potions. Uh, Because those would be 50 gold. I mean, we would have spent that. How did we not pick up health potions? I think you guys have some in your group somewhere. I have two. I just need to get to Falcus is all. There's yeah, there's nothing. That was the first thing I did was was uh, uh, look for that in my inventory. Don't worry about me. I got it. Okay. Well, I. Uh, oh, I got I got a movement running speed of forty feet. Okay. Yeah. Can can I get up here? Like, is it hard to like? Are these rocks, like, hard to pounce up? Pounce up? They would be if you were just climbing the sheer face. Uh, but you see on the map, there's, like, smaller rocks, and there's, like, a pile of stuff here and all that. You can use that as an improvised, like Ari did. You can use that as an improvised step and get up there pretty easily. Okay. I am going to um, run up there then, right? And... I am going to no. I've definitely got a different. I know who this is, <laughs> you know, and our f- friends again are are fighting just to the west of us, like uh, from where I am now, uh, sixty feet away. Okay, we uh, maybe eighty feet away is Wellath and Trag, and this this dude is their friend, and I know that this is a good guy. So I, I. Use the radiant maul, but I'm not trying to kill him. I'm aiming at his like, like legs or something. I want to, you know, take away hit points, but I don't want to. Do I want it? Mm. Can you call intention to knock out? I thought that was a thing. Like if you call intention yeah, to knock out, yes, yeah. you can. But then, but then uh, this this person has no hit points. <laughs> that can't help us really. But uh. That's either your thing is going to work or not, Ari. Uh, yeah, okay, listen, I'm not trying to kill him, uh, but I, I am going to, in case Ari's thing doesn't work, um, we got to take him out of the equation. So I'm going to use Radiant Maul and uh, 26. Yeah, 26 hits by a mile. Nine bludgeoning. Okay. Uh, 10. A 10 doesn't hit. If you were so inclined, you could roll recklessly. I am. He is ranged, I feel like, yeah. Oh, he's, that's right, he's ranged. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let, let, let's do that. So, um, he'll have advantage on me when he, uh, well, anyone would have advantage on me, but I don't see anyone else directly here. If he uses a ranged attack on you, then it's with, nor- it's just normal. Because he attacks at disadvantage. Right. Yeah, if you're in if you're in melee with somebody and you're casting ranged, it's disadvantage. I did it, and I still didn't hit. Okay. So I can be attacked recklessly. Uh, do you take a bonus action? Is he stunned at all, Ari? No. Nope. No, I don't. 
Okay. Falcus, it is your turn. You are in a position here where you do have line of sight on him, so you could fire at him. You do know that when you almost hit him, that brand was like, ooh, that's uncomfortable. So you're not sure exactly how it'll work out if you actually do attack against him. You're also in a position where if you were to move forward, let's say 15 feet, you would have cover against him. Yeah, knowing that and and knowing the feel of that brand, I'm probably going to take some equivalent of damage if I deal damage to him. So exactly that. I'm going to get under the cover of the wall and I am going to use my potion of unlimited healing, somewhat limited. Oh, and it's going to be 2d4 plus 2, which is a 6. So at least I get a little bit of health back. Um, And I'm just going to camp out right here as uh, my friends finish off the fight. Because I don't have anything else. Well, you did have a short rest, so you have second wind back as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you for reminding me about my own fighter abilities. Um, yeah, I'll second wind it as well, just so that I can feel a little bit better. It's going to be 1d10 plus 6. So I get another 9 health back. Nice. Not looking great, but still looking but but better than I was. Falcus takes a minute to sort of... He pops the potion. <sighs> shake, shake, the, shake the nerves out of his fingers and leans up against the wall like, I don't know, like sneaking around the wall style, like all sneaky, sneaky. Um, It'll be Arcot's turn next. What he's going to do, I I don't think he would try it. I don't think he would do anything to waste. I don't think he would do anything to lose the chance to attack. So knowing that he's about to incur some opportunity attacks, I'm still going to turn toward you guys and jump backward landing uh, below on the on the ground like under this rock area Um, if you guys are looking to do opportunity swings you can let's do it absolutely I'm gonna do worgen claw does a 15 hit no it does not okay 21 radiant mall 21 might he is Might? going to use a reaction and do Curse of the Eyeless. Use your reaction to roll one Hemocraft Eye and subtract the number rolled from the creature's attack roll. Um, you're not immune to blindness, are you? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Uh, you sure am. Hemocraft Dice is five. So that would take me down to, what is it, 16? Yeah, 16 yeah. just hits. You swing your hammer in and you... For an instant, just for long enough to interfere with this one attack, your vision becomes hazy and clouded with red. But then that effect fades, like almost as fast as it came in. And as it fades, whap, you connect with the hammer as he's trying to get away from you. Go ahead and roll your damage. All right. Seven. All right. Used reaction and he took seven damage. All right, landing here, he is going to start to move toward the bridge area, keeping Ari and Butch in his line of sight. Having looked down, he was like focused on you guys, jumped back. So as he looks back toward the beach, he doesn't see Falcus because Falcus got snuck up against the wall. So he turns and he fires. I'm going to do one each on Butch and Ari. Longbow attack. 17 on Butch. That, that would hit, right? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so that's going to be nine piercing damage reduced down to four because of your rage, plus one cold damage from the crimson right that he has on his on his bow, and same thing on Ari. Fifteen to hit would miss, I think. Misses. All right. The arrow flies, and he appears to be moving toward the ziggurat. Ari, you swiped and you missed on your on his way out, but that's not going to stop you. I don't think. What would you like to do? I think I can get to him. Yeah, easily from here. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do a a bite and a claw. So we will claw attack first. Does a natural 20 hit? Usually, <laughs> yes. So critical hit. It's going to be 12 damage. All right. Um, just real quick. That is yeah. including the bonus from your. Yes, that claws, added on right? there when I got that. Yep. Because it used to be a plus three and now it's a plus four. So I made sure all that. Okay. Did its thing. Perfect. All right, 12 slashing damage. That hurt him pretty good. He's not looking great. That'd be probably your action. So bonus action? I'm going to follow it up with a bite. And my intention is if this is like, I don't think it's going to take him out, but for some reason it does, is to knock him out, not to kill him. Okay. So for the bite, 15. Uh, you reach in with your claw, with your fangs for the bite, and he twists just enough that you catch the leather that guards his body. You don't quite sink in. It's a mess. Okay. Would you like to attack again? I don't want to mess with the blood magic. I've seen what it does to Butch, and I've seen him be distraught. So I am not going to mess with the blood magic as there's a big swirly black cloud of blackness above us. All right. So that's no. That is fine. Let's see here. Top of round four. Butch, you're going to get your reaction back. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So it is your turn. I'm like on top of this, you know, rock thing by myself. Uh-huh. I'm going to uh, run up next to Ari. And again, not trying to kill him. Is this a good position? To yeah, you can get him. Whack him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not trying to kill him. I am going to attack recklessly. It's a good thing, because a 12 probably wouldn't hit, and 22. A 22 would hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. Falcus, as this is happening, you can see that Drag, Drac, and Wellath are starting to make their way through the crowd uh, toward where you guys are. 11 bludgeoning. He, you hit him hard, and he looks dazed. And you can see this look in his eyes like he's furious with you and he needs to get back and he's got a sliver left. Okay, um, looking to knock him out. That, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we, I'm recklessly attacking. Okay, um, guessing a 25 hits. Yeah, more than enough. And it doesn't really matter what the damage would have been because the absolute least you could do with that weapon is three damage. The absolute least. So, uh, he had, and he had two health left. So, he hits zero hit points, and you see 
the red glow in his eyes in the moment that he reaches, in the moment before he reaches unconsciousness, fades. And he, he meets your gaze directly and you realize you're looking at a different person now than the one you were just fighting. And the eyes roll into the back of his head and he falls down on the ground. So the last thing he sees are my crystal blue eyes. Don't damage the bow! Gosh. Okay, um... <laughs> so... I mean, there's 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 nothing else to, to, to hit right now. Okay, so this is over. And, like, my rage would be over anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I've got this guy... The first thing I do is I grab the bow and throw it to the side. Like it's garbage. Okay. Okay. And... I, I, I look at this guy and uh, I, I, I kind of got him, you know. What should we do? Do we t- do we tie him up? Do we? What's going on? Like, we we can't just have like a passed out dude and, and carry him around. Well, as you're saying that, that's when Butch, Trag, and Drac are actually able to meet with you while you were attacking him. I mentioned earlier that they were actually on their way running up. When they saw their buddy. I'm I'm limping and making my way up there slowly. Always with the drama, you. He, uh, Drac is going to see the... Let me double check his spell list. Uh, he is out of high-level spells, but he's got plenty of lower levels. He is going to see that you are limping so bad, and he's going to drop a second-level Cure Wounds into you. So you get 11, and... I appreciate it, man. He sees that... Uh, he sees uh, something similar in Butch, although not as bad. Uh, so he'll give you a, he'll give you a first level, Butch, and you get ten. Wow! Oh, wow! That extra level, huh? Oh no wow. no no no! Um. Uh. So you get ten, Butch. Falcus, I'm so sorry. Eleven was the base healing. Uh, because I upcast it, it was an additional D8. So you get uh seven more on top of that. Cool. They walk up on Arcot. I imagine if we're looking that way, that there's like all these orcs doing stuff. You got the the, the uh, biclops using his chain to to do crazy stuff, and you know, but there's fire, like like things are on fire. Oh yeah, no, of, there's a whole fire elemental back there. Yeah, punching nerds <laughs> like that's still happening. Like, what does the biclops like uh, chain thing look like? Give us it's, a give us a. <laughs> uh well No, I mean the 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 action that it takes. Not not the physical like what it looks like. Like what does it look like to use one of these things? Uh I'm I'm looking at the item that I made that on the occasion that the Biclops happened to die in the ogre cave that day would have been a weapon that you could have collected. Um he swings the chain at like any target when within like 10 feet of him like he's got a long range on it he slams people who aren't able to dodge out of the way uh with it um a bunch of people are like he hits people with it and they fall over prone um he hits people with it and like there are some there are some targets that just run up on him fresh and new armor undented spear or claw not bloodied he turns around and bashes them with it and they just fall unconscious yeah. because they, he just he just brains them with it he's swinging it like it's this huge flail that 
has no reason to be used in combat the way he's using it and he's making it look like um he's making it look like act one of everything everywhere all at once like it's he's doing a great <laughs> job with it um that's awesome and then you got the fire elemental and you got yeah just like oh, punching okay. people and like he suplexes somebody like the fire elemental's going ham this is good you guys walk up on Arcot, who is unconscious. Uh, your horde buddies uh, walk up on him behind you. Uh, they, as soon as they see that he's on the ground, they're like, oh, he's he's dead, and then realize he's still breathing. He's just injured. And Drac, I'm going to go ahead and do... Yeah, I would say that 15 is sufficient. Drac is going to kneel down next to him, pull his like do the thing that people do when they're looking at knocked out people and like check his eye um, Mm -hmm. and like like do like medicine and and do like an investigation on his magic and everything else and turn to you guys and say I think knocking him unconscious broke the charm do we do we think it's safe to bring him up or should we should we restrain him first like what, what, what do you guys think we should do I would say we tie him up first. I have rope, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I do. I would say we tie him up and then either we I have two healing potions or don't really have a lot of spells. Yeah, let's restrain him. Okay. Drag, are, are you able to, uh, you know, w- wake him up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you are easily able to to restrain him. You guys have rope. You're experts at this sort of thing um, by virtue of being adventurers. And uh, Drac is going to do... I'll put another uh, second level healing surge into him. He would regain 15 health. Hmm, nice. And as he comes to, the, the redness is gone from his eyes. He's got clear, bright, white eyeball color eyes with you know normal looking irises and everything else he looks around uh, confused for a moment and then realizing what's all going on says um well he doesn't have his bow anymore no I would say like it's it's like right right here okay (laughs) where I tossed it he would say it's all right friends uh I'm myself again thank you uh we don't have and he looks up at the sky and he goes, we do not have very much time. Um, could I have my bow back, please? And uh, out of these restraints. Now that, that bow. Hi, my, my name's Butch. And that that bow wasn't doing you much good. You, you were doing really well with it. Uh, but I, I think it, I don't know. Th- those things are magic and they're, they're evil. Butch, when I touched, touched it with the wand, and I know you guys were down with Falcus, he just pulled you... The the bow kind of had an effect as if there was some red stuff on it. I think when I tried to cure him, I cured the the bow. Would that be the general sense I got, Casey, from all that? Yeah, you're sure that yeah. the remove curse effect worked on the bow, and you're sure that there was some tie between the curse on the bow, his relationship with blood magic, and what was happening with the vampire, which is why I rolled the saving throw for him, because that might have unlocked him. It just happened to be the case that he didn't roll well enough. But yeah, you do get the sense that the bow is fine now. I'll go pick up the bow and bring it to him just to prove as I'm saying this that like I'm confident that I did the thing. 
Well, actually, as I walked up, if if I just uh, knowing that I know where it was, I was the one on the side here. I have it in my hand, and I see you, Ari, looking at me. I'm gonna make a little look at the bow, like <laughs> you were almost mine, and I'll hand it over to Ari, and I will give it to him, Arcot. It's, it's a it's a very 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 fine bow. Ar- <laughs> now, Arcot, you watch that one there. He's gonna try to. He he he's been coveting this bow for uh, for a very long time. It's all he you can could talk say. About. Him wanting this bow is the reason we are in this mess. <laughs> now don't go but, that uh, far. Don't no, go that far. I'm just planting the seed. Now now this bow is what got us into this mess. Absolutely, there is no doubt about that. Now the mess in Stranglethorn though you know, would have raged on, though, and we wouldn't have been, you know, help helping, I suppose. But, uh, no, this this is why we're here taking a beating. Well, at the mention of the issues in Stranglethorn in general, his face gets hard, and the grip on his bow tightens, and you see he takes two fingers on the bowstring and runs them up the bowstring in a way that's like like paper cut inducing and you see a stream of a thin stream of red coat the bowstring Mm. and a lick of flame up the side of the bow and he turns toward the ziggurat and he goes not for long before we head up Arka I just have one question is it worth destroying the crystal or do we go after Jindo himself uh Yes, the crystal is what caused a great deal of this issue, but it's Jindo who is controlling the magics. So that just it's helps one, my battle plan. It's, it's, it's one is the other. Okay. You look out across the bridge, and on the other side, you can see that there's like a whole combat happening, like on the other side of the water. You can see that clearly here. You can would, see yeah. that as you approach the ziggurat, uh, the Biclops and some of his ogres move into the space where you were fighting just now to sort of block the way uh, from that direction. And you can see that the resistance warriors uh, up north and and Job kind of do the same. As long as they stand, the fight against Jindo will not be interrupted. At least not like that. As you walk forward and you stand at the stairway that leads up to the top, you also see that there's a doorway that leads down. Below, in that space, you can see that there's a glowing red light that pulses like a heartbeat. Arcot gestures with the point of his bow and says, Down there, Alasu is keeping up the ritual here, like Tajjin was in the other temple. They had to move it here after you people messed it up. Is this where we split the party? No. Uh, I mean- no, I mean, like... Truck and drug and them go down and we go up? Uh, at that suggestion, his grip on the bow tightens again and small licks of flame trail off the bowstring. And he says, Yeah, he's mine. <laughs> oh my goodness. I kind of want to be there for that fight, but respect. Respect. Okay. I'm going to look at him and I'm like, you're going to have to teach me that trick. Ooh, that is... Uh, he, yeah. he makes a comment that out of game... Sounds like, yeah, take a level in Blood Hunter. 
They're going to be, oh my goodness. <laughs> so the, I love the, the, the idea of like, the, the, the it's it being so sharp that it like cuts his fingers and the blood drips down and <laughs> goes in the flame. That is, that is spectacular. That's spectacular. I guess with that, we send off Trog, Weloth, Trog, and Arcot on their way down and we go up. Is that what we're doing? If that's the plan, which I think makes a lot of sense, then that's the plan. You guys ascend. Um, I give Weloth a wink before we go up. You you can do that, but I'm going to um, do the, uh, as they, they're walking by, maybe they run ahead of us. I'm going to give them the, it's like you're shaking hands, but you grab their forearm. Thing. Oh, the big pirate handshake? Yeah. Yep. To Drac, Treg, and um, Arcot. I'm afraid of Willath. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I saw, sure... He- I, saw, I saw the Ari wink, and I went, gave you a look like, <laughs> really? It's not going to cost you nothing. This isn't going to, like, impact your character sheet. He's going to take that as a bardic inspiration. Sweet! Look at that. Uh, Be nice to people. You get to keep your your slots. Like, it doesn't affect nothing, but... Flirting has benefits. You gave him some, uh... Oh, what, what, whatchamacallit? Yeah, you keep, like, giving him a flower, right? Type of situation. Yeah. Look at me. Your handker- you've dropped your handkerchief? I have. This feels like there's anticipation. We've been waiting for this, even though it's only been yesterday. Mm-hmm. For, like, months. Yeah. Oh man, this is. Yeah, I, I, I need to take a screenshot of this. Yeah, it's neat, like, right? I, I'm so happy I found this map. I was talking about it earlier. I can, I can literally not believe that somebody was like this accidentally perfect at making exactly what Zulgrub looks like. This map is bananas to me. Anyway, we should post this in our um, in our uh, Discord for everyone to see. <laughs> um. Man, it's just it's it's just like war. It's just happening on all sides of us, right? And then in front of us, from below, there's there's this like red glowing heartbeat, <laughs> you know. And we're sending our friends down there as we go up to the top. And remember, that crystal is the thing that the Death Knight that we killed on Plunder Isle was talking about a year and a half ago. Yep. Here's some things. We were told Jindo was weak without his friends, and yes. we just annihilated all of them. So, like, going into this, we have the best setup we possibly could. You could have more spell slots and stuff, but other than that, I, yeah, like, I agree. Other than the You're fact I'm do done with three spell slots. Oh. You're going to do fine. I have a plan, which is why I didn't use as many on our last fight, because I have exactly what I want to do for my fourth, third, and first. Oh. So <laughs> Nice. Really quickly, Ari, did you deliberately turn back to human or because you have plenty of time that you can stay I in Morgan it was if you only, Okay. I, I know it's only 10 minutes and honestly, I don't know how long. So nah. if I'm still in Morgan, I would like to still be in Morgan. Yeah, that's fine. Was there anything left at in the ash pile of the blood? The witch. witch. Oh, uh, like magic items and such? Um, yes. I actually don't think so. I had ideas for magic items to put on her, but I instead decided to, I think I just like beefed up her spell list instead, I think. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't think she actually had anything on her. Perfect. Alright. You reach the top of the... I'm just gonna scoot you guys a little bit. You reach the top of the ziggurat just in time to see Jindo as he is waving his staff in the air, gathering 
the swirling red power that hovers over the altar in the center of this space. Much less intense than it was before you disrupted the altar at the Temple of Bethak, but present nonetheless. He slams the butt of the staff down into the ground. A red runic circle spreads from the point of impact. A blood-colored pentagram of searing magical force covers the platform. I just step behind focus. <laughs> and you feel pressure build in the atmosphere. The swirl above you tightens. Clouds gather. And a slight, probably unnatural, rainstorm starts to splash your faces with water as the sky darkens. Above you, you can see the red hairline crack that formed in the sky after the attack on Booty Bay begins to slowly widen, while at the same time, you feel that power under your feet building and pulsing. Before you stands an undead troll in a fine headdress and ornate priest's regalia. He is gaunt, and his pale skin is stretched tight over the bones of his arms and his face. The wooden staff that he holds is simple, except for the bright red glowing crystalline object at its top that sheds this grotesque unnatural light. You all feel an ache in your chests as your heart strains to pump, as your blood starts to slow in your own veins and arteries for being so close to a being this this perverse in its unlife. He says to you in a rasping, breathless voice, Maybe this is for the best. But you recognize this voice. <gasps> oh, I've been I've been waiting to meet you. Hmm. The pittance we took from the pirate town was barely enough to start the ritual again after you ruined it. But you, you are strong. You are all worthy sacrifices to Hakar. You will be enough for me to take what is mine. You stand before Jindo, the revived The invasion is under control, at least for now, and our heroes have ascended to the top of the ziggurat at the center of Zul'Garub. Here, Jindo prepares his evil ritual of destructiveness, but surely our heroes have what it takes to end his wicked... Uh, wickedness. Even if they're already tired and running on empty. I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll find out next time that we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroic DND, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.